What's going on everybody? Welcome to this new episode of the Blue Shoes Fitness Radio Podcast. This is episode number 13. Uh, whether you're listening to this on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or anything like that, or for you right here, if you are watching this on YouTube, thanks for tuning in. Um, I hope that you are uh, having a great week, uh, whatever, wherever you're at in your week. Um, and, uh, and today is going to be a, a really neat episode uh, because it's near and dear to me and something that I try to... Uh, uh, project onto my clients uh, in, in framing their goals. Um, and that is, uh, the title of the episode is Fitness for the Whole Family. And that might be a little bit of what you think it's going to be, uh, but it might also have a few twists and turns along the way. So. Um, there's no fancy intro, as you can see if you're watching this on YouTube. Uh, we have the house with some toys in the background. Uh, I have a big comfy t-shirt on, and we're just keeping it casual. So welcome to my home, and uh, welcome to talking about fitness being for the whole family. So what does that mean? Well, the big picture here is that your fitness is not your own. And you'll hear me say phrases uh, similar to that, or maybe that exact phrase, just that idea that your fitness, your body, your goals, everything that it is that you spend yourself on is not your own. Uh, it belongs to other, not just people uh, in a sense, but it, it belongs to God himself is, is really the big picture here in that your fitness in particular is a tool to be used for God's purposes. Um, and so that means uh, that's going to include serving other people a lot of the time and serving God. And so your fitness is not just a matter of your own personal goals and what that can do for your life. And we're gonna talk about your goals being a, a, a change maker in your life, but it's not just about that, right? And, and, and we all know that, um, but it sometimes can be really um, difficult to keep that focus as you're going along in your fitness journey. So uh, that's the big picture, your fitness is not your own. Um, Let's get right into it. So uh, one of the big questions that I like to ask uh, potential clients or current clients um, is this idea of how does your fitness impact the people around you? And that is not something that you might not, or you might not think about that a whole lot of, uh, a lot of times it's a matter of internal, right? Of what, how does this impact me? How does working out make me feel? How does eating well make me feel? And I think that a lot of times things get lost when you reduce it down to just that little intrinsic internal side of things. It's not a bad thing to do that, but fitness is bigger than that, right? We're talking about fitness being outside of yourself and the fact that it's going to have an impact on the world around you. Uh, or uh, maybe maybe it won't inherently do that, but you can use it to impact the world around you. And that's a lot of what I try to drive at with a lot of my clients. And so um, how does your fitness impact the people around you? You can ask yourself questions like this. Are you a better parent or spouse because of your fitness? Right? Parenting and uh, marriage, are those being impacted by your fitness? positively or negatively, right? Is, is your lack of fitness having a negative effect on either of those? Is your constant pursuit of fitness, is that having a positive effect on it? Um, or maybe on, again, on the negative side of it too, is your, uh, maybe you have an obsession with fitness and with self-improvement that is getting in the way of things, right? So are you a better parent or spouse because of your fitness and because of the way that you approach fitness? Are you a better Christian because of your fitness? Does your fitness positively or negatively impact your, uh, your belief, right? Your faith. Um, 
And think about this too, uh, and this can apply to anyone, no matter who's watching this. Are you a better worker because of your fitness? And worker being uh, whatever you do to spend the majority of your time. Um, if you have a traditional work environment, if you're working at home, if you're working with the kids, whatever it is, are you better at that because of your fitness? Does your fitness elevate your ability to do that? Does it hinder it? Does it take away from it? Right? These are all the kinds of questions of um, how, uh, surrounding this idea of how does your fitness impact the people around you? Um, and that is, uh, we could end it right there, right? We could end it right there and, and leave you with some, some good questions to ask yourself uh, to be able to take along with you here. But uh, we, that's not what we do here. We keep it a little bit more interesting than that. So um, let's, let's set up a hypothetical scenario that kind of uh, follows along with that here. If I snapped my fingers, and you were instantly able to reach your fitness goals or, or you instantly did reach your fitness goals, just like that. How would your life be better? Uh, or how would it be different? Maybe, maybe that's a good place to start. Would your, would your life actually be different? Uh, much less, how would it be better? than you were prior to reaching your goals? Um, that's another big question that I like to ask a lot of my clients and uh, people who send me messages or emails or things like that. Um, a lot of times, that answer is a little difficult to come by, um, which is a little unsettling, I think. I think that that should probably be a great place to start for setting your goals in the first place. It's not just a matter of what you want to do or what you want to look like or a certain number on a scale or things like that, but thinking about how would your life be better after you achieve your goals. Um, and really a, a big punchline of all of this is that that sets you up for a solid foundation for being able to uh, achieve your goals and to be able to set meaningful goals and so that you're not just wasting your time and effort and things like that. Um, I think a lot of times people waste a lot of time and effort on things that uh, they might kind of feel should be important so they tell people it's important to them uh, but a lot of times it might not actually be important. Uh, for example, and I've probably told this on the podcast here too, um, but I've had conversations with clients and, pot and potential clients who you know, they might have the potential to lose two or 300 pounds, right? But then they come to me and they say, my goal is strength related or maybe it's confidence related or things like that. And it has nothing to do with weight loss at all. And that's perfect, right? We're not trying to create these false goals that aren't actually important to them. Uh, likewise, sometimes I've had conversations where uh, uh, somebody in a similar scenario where they say, you know what, I need to lose all this weight. I need to lose 50 pounds, 100 pounds, 200 pounds, whatever. And a lot of times I'll follow that up with, well, you use the, you use the word need, and that's usually a little bit of a red flag. Sometimes there is a need or a perceived need, but a lot of times it's perceived and not a, an actual felt need. And so I'll ask them, I'll say, why do you need to lose this weight? Do you actually want to do that? And sometimes after a, a little bit of back and forth, they'll say, you know what? I, I really don't need to lose it. I don't want to lose it. I don't really want to change my lifestyle in a way that would result in that. Uh, and we come to find out that their goals are about something entirely different. And that is a really exciting point to hit when it's, and, and whether it's about weight loss or whatever it is, it's a really exciting point to be able to hit where you get to the core of why something is actually important to somebody or you realize that something that they've been kind of perpetuating of saying, this is my goal, this is my goal, I want to do this and you find out that it's really not that important to them and they find out that it's not important to themselves, that's a, that's a win for sure. That's a big step in being able to determine, okay, where do we go from here, right? So um, asking yourself these questions, these big hypothetical magic questions of you were able to snap your fingers, um, 
and you have achieved your goal, your big top priority goal that you're always telling people about, that you're always working on, that you're always uh, tailoring your fitness and your nutrition to, how would your life be better? Um, how would it be different? Um, and kind of talking about this idea of your fitness not being your own, how would the lives of the people around you be not only different, but how would they be better? Your fitness is going to impact the people around you and think about the people that you live with, whether that's a spouse or your family or uh, uh, siblings or roommates or whoever, that think about what your fitness, the ability that your fitness has to impact them and to better their lives in some capacity, even if it's just a matter of being more helpful, um, being more able and capable. That's a, a really empowering feeling for sure. Um, so when we talk about uh, your fitness not being your own and being for others, um, this kind of comes down to two different halves. We have um, an offensive half and a defensive half. And I tend to split up a lot of my strategies and methods for helping clients to achieve their goals into both of these categories. You have your offensive and your defensive. And it's exactly what it sounds like. Your offensive is, how is this actively working on achieving whatever it is that you want to achieve? Your, your goal, your result, your baby step, whatever it is. On the defensive side, how is this protecting against a lot of the obstacles or difficulties that you may have had in the past or that might be really current and present in your life right now, how are these things helping you to defend against those? And when you look at things from that point of view, it can really help you figure out, to figure out where to start and to figure out what steps and methods are going to be most helpful on both fronts or maybe really helpful on one, but if it's not helpful on the other, to be able to again, be defensive on that, right? So if you have a goal that is directly attacking the things that you uh, want to do, if it's very offensive, but it really doesn't provide a whole lot of defense against your obstacles, or maybe it leaves you wide open for that. For example, if you have a workout plan that's really involved or a diet plan that's super involved and complex, that might be offensive uh, to a T. It might be helping you reach your goal exactly, but you don't live in a vacuum and you don't wanna leave uh, you know, entire sides of your life open for attack. And so you need to defend that with some other kind of measure and vice versa. Um, so setting up things offensively and defensively, I think is pretty smart and pretty important to be able to do um, when you're setting up a workout, fitness, nutrition program of any kind. Um, so when we're talking about your fitness being for the whole family, um, we are going to talk about this. Uh, we're going to finish this up here in just a second of four simple ways uh, to make fitness a family activity. Um, and the first two are talking about this idea of your fitness not being your own and being for the family. And then the last two are what you may have been thinking uh, when you saw the title was fitness literally being a family activity and what that can look like. Um, so looking at this offensively and defensively. Uh, offensively, this mindset, cultivating this mindset of fitness being not your own and being for the whole family, it's great ammunition when you are lacking motivation, when you're lacking excitement uh, in your programming, in your workouts, in your nutrition, in your little daily habits, small steps, things like that. Um, when you think about the fact that this is not just about yourself, that you are involving not only other people, but the people that are closest to you, that's great ammunition when you're lacking that motivation. And we, I talk about this all the time, you'll hear me say this all the time, but um, the, the best source of motivation is results, is getting and seeing results. We tend to look for motivation in all of these really weird and kind of wild and wacky places. We watch a lot of motivational videos, we look for motivational quotes, we go to Instagram or Facebook or YouTube for some kind of inspiring message or video or, or something like that. And 
it might pump you up, get you all psyched up for a few minutes, and maybe that's enough to get you started for a workout. But the fact that you're going to be uh, doing that over and over and over, uh, eventually it's going to you're going to get really uh, dulled to that stimulus, and you're going to need something uh, more motivating. And uh, that's a pretty pretty quick route to a dead end. So. Uh, looking at things like this where you recognize that, hey, this is not just about me, I want to do this to help other people. That's great ammunition to be able to attack a lack of motivation or even a lack of excitement. If you don't particularly enjoy working out or if you don't particularly enjoy eating a certain way, um, that doesn't mean that it's, wor it's not worth doing. Um, a lot of the times people will say, if you don't enjoy it at all, then you just need to find something else. Which, which I think is, is true for most people most of the time. I think that there is a huge variety of what you can do fitness-wise. Think about if you don't enjoy the gym, if you don't, don't enjoy lifting weights, there are many other ways that you can get a great workout in or to improve your fitness that way. That being said, if you have a very specific goal, it might take a very specific route to be able to achieve that. Same thing with your nutrition too. Um, and so that is where uh, we have to not rely on just the exciting aspects of what we do uh, means not excited or not relying entirely on the motivational side of it either. That's the offensive side. Defensively, this idea of um, your fitness not being just for yourself. Um, it's this is uh, protects your foundation um, of why you're doing this all in the first place. It protects against basing everything that you do on very superficial or even self-centered goals and those make for very shaky foundations if you've never experienced that uh, you well, you may be doing something right uh, in, and you may have figured it out without having to experience it but when you go out and for maybe a, a guy like myself if you're listening to this and you can think of when you were younger of you, you just wanted a six-pack that's all you wanted you wanted six-pack abs that you could see and that you could show off and all that kind of stuff uh, it's very superficial, it's very self-centered, and kind of just focused on yourself and your image and all of that. Um, that is a pretty weak foundation for sacrificing, for making the sacrifices that you would need to make in order to do that. Uh, I think a lot of times we have this idea that you, if you just work hard enough, you can you know, achieve any of those goals, and a lot of times that's the case, but that work uh, can get pretty hard and pretty grueling and pretty boring too, is a lot of what it comes down to. So something like that uh, does not make for a great foundation of why you do everything that you do fitness and nutrition wise. Um, and, and so that's pretty weak foundation. Again, when you're looking at it just from your own little life, it's really easy to justify either doing a lot of things that don't matter or skipping out on the things that really do matter. And when you start to recognize that this impacts other people and really can positively impact people in, a, in really big ways around you, uh, that, that becomes really exciting and that becomes a pretty stable foundation to be able to build everything off of. Um, and if you want to think about it this way, a pretty stable, uh, you know, fortress, uh, to be able to house all of your goals and, and all of this in because um, it's no longer just about you. You're including other people in on it too. So those are kind of the, the offensive and the defensive sides of thinking about fitness being for the whole family. All right, let's finish this thing up here. We got four simple ways to make fitness a family activity. And I think that no matter who you are listening to this and whether you're married with kids, you have no kids, whether you're not married at all, um, I think that you can pull something from at least one of these four, um, but I think that you'll begin to see 
how this plays out in your everyday life even without you realizing it and that will give you fuel to be able to not only recognize these things but to be able to take advantage of them when they come um, so four simple ways to make fitness a family activity number one simple way is to set goals together um, I know that a lot of times uh, when you have uh, you know you and your spouse or maybe you and your kids uh, it's really easy to set a goal that is just not only for you, but you might not even tell them about that, or you might not even involve them in on the goal setting process. Um, think about if you were trying to set a financial goal uh, for your family and your spouse, you didn't tell them about that at all, and you were trying to save your pennies uh, on your end, and they were just going out and uh, just gambling it all away. Uh, think about how unfruitful that would be if you didn't even involve them in on that process and that they had no idea what was going on. Uh, same thing happens a lot of times in the kitchen, which is right behind me here, uh, that uh, think about if you have these big nutrition goals or these big goals that are going to involve eating a certain way and uh, your spouse's not supportive of that because they don't know about it um, and they just go and they pick up uh, you know fast food or or maybe they're cooking things that don't align with your goals um, that's going to be again pretty unfruitful and and might cause a whole bunch of resentment and all that kind of stuff too so that's not the route that you want to go either so setting goals as a family is a wonderful wonderful idea uh, from a practical point of view of making sure that you're literally able to support one another in that but also setting goals that are important to everybody and knowing that you have kind of this uh, mutual uh, accountability built in is is so important and so helpful on that. Having a spouse and family that's supportive of you and your goals is by and large one of the most important uh, determining factors of how successful you can be at your goals too. So don't skimp over that. Uh, number two, determine uh, the priority level of your fitness. This is something that I tend to talk about a lot with my uh, clients who are young families, right? They're maybe young married couples that are just starting a family or just thinking about starting a family. And it tends to be that fitness can really easily get put on the back burner if you don't intentionally make it a higher priority. Likewise, on the flip side of the coin, uh, fitness can very much become too high of a priority and you might be putting down things that really should be a higher priority, things like your faith and your family in particular. Um, I never encourage my clients to sacrifice either of those for the sake of achieving their goals, no matter how uh, selfless their goals are. It ultimately is not you're gonna, gonna be your first priority. So figuring out where you might be on that spectrum if fitness is right at its appropriate priority level or if maybe you've unintentionally let it get too high or maybe you've let it slip and go too low. Recognizing where fitness is at versus where you think it should be in your life and reconciling the difference between the two. So determining the uh, the priority level of your fitness and taking steps to bring it to that level if it's not currently there. That's going to again help you to uh, make sure that your own fitness journey is not just about yourself that it's a matter of uh, prioritizing the people around you and that, that kind of service heart and the stewardship of the things that you have, of the people that are in your life, all of that kind of stuff. So that's number two. Number three, this is where we talk about uh, if you and your spouse and maybe you have little kids running around like we do, uh, figuring out how to make fitness an activity that you can fit into your family time. Uh, it's not just about, uh, and I typically go into the garage and work out for 45 minutes or an hour and then come back in and then I'm good because that works with my schedule. Um, but that's not the case for a lot of people. A lot of times people might not have 45 minutes or an hour to themselves. 
And so then all of a sudden, what do you, what do you do with the rest of your, your pursuit and of your health and fitness? Um, so the first thing uh, that I'll say uh, that we do that is so much fun um, is cooking together. And we have our little girl just uh, turned one a few months ago and uh, being able to cook with her is, uh, she's a, a real big helper. Um, there were quotes on that if you're not watching on YouTube here, but uh, she's a real big helper and she loves uh, watching the whole cooking process. And, uh, and it's super fun, it's a great way to get everybody involved um, and to start building up those habits within her of just recognizing fruits, vegetables, different foods, how we do things, uh, being able to turn things on or off, and um, you know all that kind of stuff, and introducing her to new foods. It's an amazing experience to be able to do, and we try to fit that in as often as possible. So cooking together is so much fun. It's literally uh, one of our favorite things to do as a little family. Um, likewise, our fourth simple way to make fitness a family activity um, is the other thing that we do uh, usually at least once a day, sometimes twice a day, and that's going on a walk together. Uh, I'm a huge advocate of going on walks and for any number of reasons, uh, not just the physical benefit of getting some extra steps and some extra calorie burn, uh, but getting outside and just getting some fresh air um, and just the overall mental benefits that come with that, of, of getting outside, of uh, being around some green space and, um, and just getting to slow down a little bit is a big reason why I love going on walks and why uh, I will for a lot of my client programs, I will prescribe them walks, uh, usually much earlier than saying, go do a bunch of cardio, uh, because I think that the time investment on that is usually better spent by slowing down and relaxing and de-stressing a little bit rather than uh, trying to burn a bunch of calories doing stuff like cardio. So going on walks together can be a great way, no matter uh, what your family looks like, the size of your family, the age of your family, anything like that, anybody can go out on a walk in some capacity or another. And that's a great way to start the day, it's a great way to end the day, it's a great way to do both. And we do that a lot, especially now that the weather is getting beautiful uh, all day long. Um, it's been awesome to be able to do that. And it's just a, a great way to incorporate uh, fitness into your life. If you, like I said, if you're not able to get um, some time alone to be able to work out, or even if you are, it's a great supplement to that. And it's a great way to kind of just share that together as a family. And that's even when you can go back to setting goals together and determining uh, the priority level of your fitness. Those are the kinds of conversations that you can have on your walks together while you're cooking together. All four of these things kind of uh, kind of ebb and flow together and it's a really neat cycle when you kind of see all of them working together and you recognize that fitness is right where it should be in your life where you're making an effort to make it a priority um, but that you have your higher priorities stacked up appropriately above that. So uh, that is it. Uh, that is episode number 13 of the podcast and uh, I'll leave you with that. I'll leave you with those four little bullet points there of the simple ways to make fitness a family activity and I want you to think about what that can look like in your life moving forward. So I'll leave you with that. I hope that you have an awesome day or night ahead and we'll see you soon.